We thank you for all power in heaven and on earth. We thank you for all power in heaven and on earth that you have made available unto us. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The opportunity, O oh God, to partner with the blessings that you have poured out upon us as your people. We ask this morning, O oh God, that you bring your word swiftly and you bring it um, surely, O oh God. And Father, you will teach us the ways of your spirit and the ways of your power in the name of our Lord Amen. Jesus. Amen. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm Good so morning. sorry to join earlier. Um, yeah, just a little bit of a struggle. And then my internet also, um, I was having issues just now. I hope you can hear me. My voice is a bit cracked, but I'm here. I'm with you. <laughs> um, as I promised yesterday, um, I was going to link um, the seven spirit <laughs> God, the teachings about the seven spirits of God to um, the, the spirit of um, to power. And so today, the power we're going to be talking about is Kratos. And when you look at Kratos, you see that um, a lot of, every time it was mentioned, it was used to represent, as a matter of fact, many times when Kratos was mentioned, it was mentioned interchangeably with might. Now, and we know that among the seven spirits of God, there is a spirit of counsel and might. Um, so Kratos basically is a demonstrative and erupt is demonstrative and eruptive. Um, you know, so historically, um cr historically, Kratos was used, you know, every time they refer to like um, the Greek gods and all of them, Hercules and co. It just speaks about being superhuman and the ability to do things that are extraordinary, the ability to do things that are borderline, that are superhuman. Now, when you look at the seven spirits of God, um, if you go to Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, we'll be praying for an hour now, so I guess we can just stay with the word for like, you know, 25, 30 more minutes. Please stay with me. In Isaiah 11, it says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove from the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the broad of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. So when you read the scripture, you begin to realize um, that the Bible was speaking about a person, and it calls him um, the Lord. It calls him the, the, the stem of Jesse, and the branch that shall grow out of his roots. Now, it says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Then it now began to say, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit. So it's the same spirit. It's one spirit. Um, but it begins with the spirit of the Lord. But it's the same spirit. So the seven spirit of God is not seven spirit of God. As a matter of fact, it is us that call it the seven spirit of God. But the Bible just says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of cancer, the spirit of might, you know. So it's basically describing this spirit. So it is 
more like seven expressions of the same spirit. They are not different spirits. It's one spirit or seven different expressions. Now, um, it says, and it shall make him of quick of um of quick understanding in the fear of the lord and he shall judge of he shall not judge of the sight of his eyes neither reprove of the hearing of his ears so that means when the spirit is expressing itself in all of this manner through the lord which is jesus um there was something it does for him the ultimate um the ultimate part of it or the, the ultimate goal is that at the end of the day, it will enable him for judgment. This is very, very critical um, because I, I keep saying this, especially to people who are going, not even to people just going into government, every single person, you know, um, there is the operation of the spirit of God inside of you that makes it possible for you to be able to judge righteously. So it went on and it kept saying, he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes. Hi guys, are you still there? My internet is fluctuating. Yes. Oh, great, great, great stuff. Yeah, it just went off on my screen. Um, so it, it kept saying that he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor the hearing of his ears. That means there is something about the operation of this spirit inside of you that makes it possible for you to become a person that sees beyond what is obvious, that for you to become a person that hears what is not said, that sees what is not shown, that understands what is not obvious. So that means he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor the hearing of his ears. So if a person does not judge based on what he sees naturally or he hears naturally, so that means the person has another kind of eyes and another kind of ears by which he's able to determine the things that he does. That means a person that is truly walking in the expression of the spirit is not a person that is merely echoing the things that the world is saying or merely echoing what is obvious around him. This is a person that has a deeper insight into the occurrence of the circumstances of this world. So why the whole world was crying COVID, why the whole world was crying pandemic, a person that has the operation of the the spirit of God is able to go two, three, four layers deeper than what is obvious or what is seen. And he's able to ask the necessary questions. What is the meaning of this? Why is the earth halted? What is the enemy trying to achieve? What is God trying to achieve? What is the Lord birthing in the midst of his people? You know, you are able to see beyond the things that are obvious. So he says he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor the hearing of his ears. So that means even in your family, where you have the operation of the spirit of God inside of you. It does something to you. It makes it possible for you to not judge your children by what is obvious. They will give you reports about your children. You will see certain manifestation or characters in them. You are able to look at it the way Jesus looked at Peter and said to Peter, this thing that you are displaying, this one is not culture. This one is not love. This one is not care. There is a spirit that is trying to give its way or trying to become operational in you. And we're going to nip it in the bud now. And Jesus began to rebuke Okay, now for you, you're not going to be saying, I rebuke you, say that to your child. But you can go behind the scene and recognize what is happening. I remember there was a time that my husband and I, you know, just kept getting into all kinds of argument. Like, we just could not, he would say, one, I will hear 509. I will say, B, he will hear ZQY. And it just kept going on. And you know, I will pray. I'm like, Lord, Jesus, I thank you because it's married. And then one day the Lord said to me, when are you going to seek for truth? 
And I was like, Lord, what have I been doing all this while? You know, I've been praying to you, the God of truth. He's like, you've been praying to me, but you've never really asked me what is going on. And I said, okay, Lord, speak to me. Tell me what is happening. And as soon as I said that, the Lord opened my eyes. And I saw that the door of my house had been opened. And when the door was opened, a spiritual entity walked into my house. And I said to the Lord, what on earth is that? When he walked in, it was as though um, he, he, he kind of like put my husband and I in two different realms. So it was almost like I'm speaking from somewhere. My words are an echo and his words are an echo. And I said to the Lord, what is this? And the Lord said, that is the spirit of disunity. He said, the spirit of disunity has entered into your home. You need to pray against it. And I immediately at that moment, Marake said, I just, I was rebuking and I was praying and I was like, Lord, show me where, how this door opened up, Lord, what happened? And the Lord began to just speak to me about somebody we had spoken to, you know, at two different times. And the Lord was like, this individual, this is what this person carries. And you give this individual access, you know, to introduce this spirit into your heart. And it was crazy. I just began to pray. I was praying and I remember later that night, we got into that same kind of situation again, where it was as though, um, you, you know, another kind of quarrel, another kind of argument. And I just said to myself, never, Satan, you will not catch me. I will not foil your demonic enterprise. I am not your partner. Me and you are not working together. We're not even friends. I don't even know you. I don't even operate from the same realm as you. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, so as everything... I, I, I refused to add because, you know, the power to life and death is in the tongue, not in his tongue, in our tongue. Satan is a falling spirit. So he doesn't have the power to release life anymore. We are the ones that do, that have the power to release. So what he does is that when Satan wants to enslave you, he draws you into a demonic conversation so that at the release of your word, you are able to release death that empowers him to continue to run his race. So I am not going to fund his crusade. Neither am I going to fund his enterprise, you know, by my words. And so I said, you know what, we're not doing this. And I just stayed in prayer and I just kept rebuking the spirit of disunity. And I realized that after a week, the atmosphere in my home shifted. You know, we could hear each other. We began to understand each other, you know, because what was happening that post season was that even the of his voice was like what to me was going on the bible says when the spirit of god is operational in you you shall not judge by the sight of your eyes but the hearing of your ears there are too many things you have been taken captive to there are too many areas where satan has infiltrated your home and he has brought destruction to your family because you could not see what exactly was going on before we move on this morning I want you to pray and I want you to say, Father, because I have the Holy Ghost inside of me, let there be a stirring in me, oh God, that makes it possible for me to judge in righteousness, Father. The Bible says that righteousness will be his um, girdle and it shall be what he straps around his loins. That means whatever your loins represent your reproductive system, that means whatever he births is a seed of righteousness. He will not bring forth initiatives that are not righteous. He will not bring forth decisions and ideas that are not righteous. Why? Because there is an operation of the spirit of God inside of him. This morning, I need you to pray. I say, Father, I want an activation of 
your spirit. I want an activation of your spirit. Father, I ask that in the name of Jesus, you don't need to unmute your microphone because I can't shout over people to say in Jesus' name. So you can keep your microphone muted, but I need you to pray. You know, Father, I want that in the name of the Lord Jesus, you will cause a staring to happen inside of me. That my God from today, because I carry your spirit, because I carry your spirit, let there be an expression of your spirit inside of me. The Bible says that because the spirit of the Lord is upon him, that he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor the hearing of his ears, but he shall judge in righteousness and he shall bring forth justice. Father, I just don't want to be a person that cries justice on social media. I just don't want to be a person that cries justice, oh God, um, to my friends when we are discussing politics in the room. But God, I want to bring the justice system of heaven into every area of my life. I want to bring it, oh God, into my spiritual life. I want to bring it into my family, my ministry, oh God, my relationships. My God, I ask that you open my eyes, oh God, by reason of the anointing, by reason of your spirit, and empower me to judge in righteousness, not according to the flesh. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that is to tell you that there is something about the fruitfulness of the carnal human eyes that stands in the way of the activation of righteousness. He says, not by the sight of the eyes, but in righteousness. You go into a nation and you're like, oh my God, you know, this is the best thing. I just relocated. You know, it's so good. It's, it's a much better life here. How is it a much better life? Is it by the sight of your eyes, the hearing of your ears, or is it by your evaluation in the spirit? I have seen people who moved locations and that called the end of their marriage. I have seen people who called locate, moved locations and that brought the end of their ministry. So in the physical, they had better life in quote, you know, air, your light was always working, water was always running and all of those things, but you lost your edge in the spirit. You lost the power that you had. I have seen people who moved and they lost favor. This morning, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Perhaps you fall into that category of people and you've been asking yourself, what season did I come into? And it's almost like I have lost grace. And as I say, I actually see some people. And I just want to pray for you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, um, I pray for your children, oh God. I ask, Father, for these sets of people who um, kind of like relocated physically, but even spiritually, oh God, it was almost like they, make set, they made certain moves that they believed was you. And they came into a season of drought and they, 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 they no longer felt nourished spirit, spiritually. They no longer felt alive. Father, it's almost as though their gifts that were active, oh God, have become dead. And it's almost like though the favor and the ability to work excellently and the ability um, to just engage on the level of power and glory and grace and favor. It's like they have lost it. God, I pray for them in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God, you would have mercy upon your children, Lord, and you will call for an activation of that which you have given to them from the foundations of the world. Father, I ask that by the power of mercy, oh God, that you will circumvent the circumstances of their current um, life and positions, Father. And I ask that you begin to show them a new way and a new path, Father, to access the wells that you dug inside of them in previous seasons and the wells that were allocated for them in, in this present season and the future. In the name of the Lord Jesus, my God, this 
these ones will not waste a second longer in the wilderness. They will not waste a second longer in the Negev. But God, I ask that your voice that is available in the wilderness, oh God, that it will be revealed to them in the name of Jesus. Let the season begin to turn. Let the new day be born. Father, I ask that fresh initiatives and fresh flow of understanding, let it come to them in Jesus' name. Not by the sight of the eyes, nor the hearing of the ears. But this man shall judge in righteousness. So and it said, so one of the things you want to note is it calls it the spirit of the Lord. So that is the first um spirit that is mentioned here. So, like I said to you, it is by no way um seven personalities of the Holy Ghost. No, the Holy Ghost does not have seven personalities, rather, it is expressions. So the same way you can look at me and say, Oh, Pia is a wife. P.I. is a businesswoman, P.I. is a pastor, P.I. is a friend, P.I. is the, is the mother. But it doesn't mean I have several personalities. It just means I have several expressions of my one personality. Now, when you think about um, the several spirits of God, it says the spirit of the Lord. And often enough, because it says, it calls it the lambs that stand uh, within the throne of God. Now, when you think about, not the way we know lambs today, the way the lambs used to be is what is called a menorah. You know, and in, in those days, the menorah is kind of like, um, am I activated to share screen, um, Pastor Stephanie? I'll make you co-host now. Thank you so much. Um the menorah looked a bit different from what we see today. So it's kind of like a lamb that has, you know, several, um, several areas. I'm just going to share, please don't mind my handwriting. It's just a, a tacky drawing, but it's my drawing. So here on my screen is what, uh, well, a menorah is supposed to look like. So you see the different lambs here, and then you see, and then there is this one that foils, that gives oil to all the extensions. So basically what you think about, it says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And then you have the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And it is almost as though these ones are twin spirits, wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge, fear of the Lord. It's almost as though they are twin spirits operating um, together. And it is like, somebody's writing on my screen. And it is like um, the operation of um, one bets the other or the strength of one strengthens the other. So this is what a menorah looks like. And I'm showing you this picture so that you can understand um, the spirit of the Lord. So the spirit of the Lord kind of looks like um, that which gives other um, spirits. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen now. Yes, I doodle. There are doodles all over my journals. Yeah. So <laughs> the spirit of the Lord um, is kind of like that which um, gives oil and which gives strength to the expression of the other spirits of God. Um, when you when you talk about the several spirits of God, now, so the fruit of the spirit speaks to the personality of the Holy Ghost, but the fruits um, of the spirit so it's like a, like the expression of the character of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the spirit shows us the power of the Holy Spirit, but the seven spirits of God speak to us about the administrative work of God. 
Now, the fruit of the Spirit speaks to us about the personality of the Holy Ghost. You know the fruit, not the fruit, I'm sorry, the fruit of the Spirit. It speaks to us about the personality. The gifts speak to us about the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, we have different kinds of gifts. And then the several spirit speaks about the administrative uh, works of God. Now, uh, when you read John, the book of John, I'm sorry, um, to the, sorry, the book of Revelation 1 verse 4 it is a scripture. It says to the several John, to the several churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace for him who is and who was and is who is to come. I need to hurry up. And from the several spirits who are before his throne. Now, this is um, a message to John, to the seven churches. And it says, concerning the one who is, who was, and is to come, which is Jesus. And it says, the seven spirits who are before his throne. So the seven spirits are before the throne and are located at the throne of God. This is a very important detail. Now, the throne communicates the administrative center of God. Heaven is his throne and, and is the admin center of God because it is from the throne of a king that the throne, that the king gives out orders, that the king gives out decrees, that the king gives out commands, that the king releases um, administrative direction. Now, the several spirits have a work to do with God's admin to the earth and God's work to the earth. Now, <clears throat> these are different from the gift of the Holy Spirit, which are to the church. So the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is to the church. So you have the gifts. I have the gifts. We all have the gifts. But the several spirit um, of God is a work that the Holy Spirit needs to do in the world. Let's go forward. In Revelation 4 by 5, it says, and from the throne preceded lightning, thundering, and voices. Several lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the several spirits of God. Now, the lamb, the word lamb that was used here, I was getting into it yesterday, is the word lampas. Here is used to represent a torch. A lamp is a normal lamp. A regular lamp is for the house, but a torch is for the streets outside. So in those days, when they say, oh, you know, give me a lamp pass or let's light the lamp pass. It is because the person was going outside. You know, the person needed that burning lamp, that burning touch to go outside. So a lamp gives a light to the church, but a touch gives light to the world. So when the Bible says you are the light of the world, it wasn't normal light. It says you are the lampas of the world. You are the touch that lights the streets of the earth. And so it, it says, and I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though he had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into the whole earth. Now, the seven spirits of God are sent into the whole earth, not just the church, but the whole earth. But he says that this seven spirits proceeds out of Jesus. He said he had seven horns and seven eyes. And we know that horns speak about authority, horns speak about power, and the eyes speak about vision and, you know, the prophetic and insight and revelation. Excuse me. So God administration rides in all the earth as the basis of the seven spirits. The Holy Ghost operates um, in, in different jurisdictions based on the workings of the seven spirit because the seven spirit is sent into all the earth. So uh, I'm just going to roll quickly. Let me go to the 
the, the spirit of, of the Lord. He says, Jesus was not only born by the spirit. He was also baptized uh, by the spirit at Jordan. Now, the spirit that came upon him, there was the seven spirit. Everything God does, he accomplishes by the seven spirit. So Jesus was born of the Holy Ghost, but there was a time where he needed the baptism of the spirit to come upon him as Isaiah had prophesied. Um, I'm saying all of this to you so that you understand um, how power works. When we started this teaching, I said to you that at the end of the day, it's about Jesus. Jesus is the beginning and Jesus is the end of it all. Jesus is the root of everything that we're talking about. And now the Bible begins to describe Jesus and it begins to describe the spirit that rests upon Jesus. Now, if you're going to talk about power, the question is, where's the power proceeding from? The power is proceeding from the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the one who gave us the power, but Jesus released the power to us in the form of the spirit. And so what is resident in the spirit? So where you say you have a double, where you say you have iskus, where you say you have exousia, how does it express itself to the world? That I was talking to you about iskus, I said it is that eruptive power. And so the, the seven spirit of God in itself is basically, um, uh, uh, um, is the expression of all of this power. So you have an expression of administration, you have an expression of wisdom, you have an expression of counsel, and it causes changes in your world. So you just don't sit down and say, oh, my business is prosperous, my business is prosperous, my business is prosperous. What does that look like when you enter into the dynamics of power? It looks like God giving you counsel. It looks like God giving you wisdom. It looks like God giving you knowledge. It looks like God giving you understanding. It looks like God making you mighty so that you can fight the prevailing systems of your time. The several spirits of God. So when Noah um, uh, went and, you know, he basically... Okay, let's, let's go into the spirit of the Lord. It says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of lordship. It is the spirit of governance and dominion. That is what came upon the judges of old. That is what came upon people like uh, Joshua, people like Deborah, people like Gideon, people like Samson. It was the spirit of the Lord. Now, the word the Lord is actually the word Adonai, the Hebrew word Adonai. It's also the word Oda. It's also when it says the Lord. It spoke about Jehovah himself. So when it says the spirit of the Lord shall come upon him, he was speaking, basically saying the spirit of ownership will come upon him. So there is something that happens to someone who has an activation of the Holy Ghost inside of him. He's a person who works in dominion. He's a person who works in power. And he's a person who works in a sense of ownership over the earth. So many times we speak about being believers. And many times we are so selfish and self-centered. And many times all we're thinking about is the church, the church. And even within the church, we are individually selfish, you know, as churches, as denominations. And you will hear, oh, you know, uh, my church cannot give you the hall because my church and your church don't have the same vision or, you know, my church is doing this. So your church, like it's ridiculous. You know, when the Bible says, and that is just even on the level of church and religion, we haven't even escalated it to the level of the earth, the world, your cities, your nations. So when the spirit of Adonai is upon a man, it makes you take responsibility for everything and everyone. When the spirit of Adonai is upon you, it takes you past just your personal interest or your personal entrustment. And you begin to say to yourself, what can I build that will favor everybody, that will favor the whole church, that will favor 
um, 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 the whole nation that will favor the earth? What can I create that would empower networks of believers across the world? What kind of app can I create that would help government and governmental systems? It is the spirit of Adonai that enables a person to begin to think like this. It is the spirit of Adonai that enables you to take responsibility, you know, for, um, for all the things that are occurring in the whole earth, not just in your little personal space, the spirit of Adonai. That's the spirit of the Lord. And it is the first spirit, when you talk about the, the workings of the several spirits of God, it is the first spirit. And what that spirit does is that it enables you to take responsibility beyond yourself. So when the Lord put his spirit upon Adam, it was this spirit that he put upon him, the spirit of lordship. And that was what made it possible for Adam to tend the garden, for Adam to extend himself and to be able to do things for, um, for what was in his environment beyond him. When the spirit of Adonai is upon you, your prayer point is not just, Lord, you know, help my children. Your prayer point begins, becomes, Lord, rebirth my nation. God, give us strong government. God, I pray for Italy. God, I pray for Peru. God, I pray for that bishop, Lord, um, who is suffering right now. And I pray for that man of God who is in need. God, I pray for missionaries on the field. My God, I pray um, for people in legislation, God. I ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that your spirit would infiltrate courtrooms, that your spirit would infiltrate senate houses. I pray that in the, you, when the spirit of Adonai is upon you, the whole earth becomes your responsibility. The whole world uh, becomes the field where you play. Um, it is not just your personal entrustment anymore. It is things like the spirit of the Lord that enabled Joshua to stop the sun for 23 hours because you cannot command creation except the spirit of the one that made creation is at work in you. The spirit of the owner came upon Joshua. It is the spirit of the Lord that came upon Noah that was upon the earth how is a man able to do that how is a man able to carry lion and carry giraffe inside the same ark and they did not eat each other up how is one man able to do that and control them for 40 days it was with the spirit of ownership and the spirit of the master that was upon him it is the spirit of the lord that was upon uh that made it possible for Isaiah to control the dial of Ahaz, which is to delay the sword uh, by a certain degree. It is a spirit of ownership that makes that possible. Now, um, when you go into the spirit of wisdom and understanding, because like I said, it's almost like dual uh, operation. Um, through the through wisdom, a house is built, and understanding it is established. So the spirit of wisdom comes upon a man's life uh, to help him know what God's plan is and the capacity to carry out the plan based on what you can see. So when the spirit of wisdom comes upon you, it helps you to know what God's plan is and how to carry it out. So the spirit of wisdom is gives grace for management and to be able to bring order to things, the spirit of wisdom. So the spirit of wisdom is not to say, oh, I know, oh, I understand, oh, I see what's going on, you think I'm not wise, I have wisdom. No, according to scriptures, the spirit of wisdom makes it possible for a man to know what is in the heart of God, but also to be able to manage things and to bring order to things, for you to partner with God. So, uh, when the Bible says, you know, when it says to Joshua, meditate upon my word, and you shall have good 
success. The word for success was the word sakao. And the word sakao is the word wisdom. It says, if you meditate upon my word, you shall have good wisdom. And that means wisdom is also the same as success. So that means a man that has wisdom is able to weave things together to arrive at the point where he's able to build successful things. The spirit of understanding. Um, the same way, the Hebrew word is derived from like a perfumer. So when he spoke about the spirit of understanding, that word understanding is derived from a perfumer who has a nose and is able to distinguish between different kinds of scents. That's the word understanding. So you bring this into the room and he's like, oh, this is lavender. And he brings this and you're like, oh, this smells like rose petals. And you bring another one and he's like, oh no, this is um, a bar of frankincense. That, that nose in which he enters a room filled with different scents and he's able to distinguish and he's able to shade between sense is what the spirit of understanding the same word that is used for understanding is the same word that is used from a, for a perfumer who is skilled at being able to distinguish between different senses so when the bible speaks about understanding coming upon you it speaks about the ability to discern it speaks about the ability to distinguish it speaks about the ability to be able to tell um, the difference between things and the or different operations of things so even irrespective of how satan tries to model up things or how or how maybe um a, a time a season, a culture, an institution, a person, a people are trying to confuse you and all kinds of things are just being intertwined and modeled up. The spirit of understanding, like what we see in Exousia, when it says to have strength of mind, the spirit of understanding does not only give you strength of mind, but it gives you discernment. You can see through things. It is by the spirit of understanding that you can see a person displayed an apparent character and everyone says, you know, to hell with this individual. This one is good for nothing. This one has got, you know, no, no, no ability to bring forth. You know, don't even talk to her. Don't even talk to him. But by the spirit of understanding, you are able to see beyond what is obvious. And you begin to see layers and layers upon graces and upon strengths that that individual has. But at the same time, you are able to discern that this person has arrived at this behavioral trait. Maybe because they were abused. Maybe because they've gone through a tough situation that changed the state of their heart you cannot effectively minister god to this world you cannot effectively do the will of god without the operation of the spirit of understanding if you forget anything i have said remember like a perfumer who has got the nose to be able to discern and to be able to tell the difference between different scents you know you walk into a room and somebody's like oh you're wearing four different perfumes let me try and they say oh this smells like this this smells like this that's how understanding works to decide he was going to put his spirit upon Aholiab and Bezalel. You know, it is that same spirit of understanding, that same spirit that enabled them to be accurate craftsmen by which they knew what was necessary in the temple of God and they knew exactly how to create it. This is the operation of the spirit of understanding. It was by understanding that David knew to build the house of God and Solomon was able to complete it. Now, when you go into the spirit of might and the spirit of counsel, um, counsel is a strange virtue, but it is also um, a spirit that operates. 
Now, the Bible began to speak of God. It says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, say, my counsel shall stand and it will do all of my pleasure. Another scripture began to say, he being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hand and have crucified and put to death. Jesus delivered by the predetermined counsel of heaven. Predetermined counsel. So he says that this council, the spirit of council is the one that has established things even before the earth was created so that the pleasure of God might come to pass. But now I need you to understand that God's pleasure is not, oh, you know, um, sweet music, loud sounds, you know, oh, let us just bring pleasure to the Lord. Pleasure to God is not the way we see pleasure. The Bible says God, how God um, elevated Jesus by reason of his obedience and his sacrifice. And he has placed him at his right hand. And he says, come sit at my right hand and I will make your enemies. I'll put your enemies and make them your footstool. So the right hand of God speaks of the hand of power. But it now says at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. That is to help you understand that according to the dictionary of God, there is a connection between pleasure and power. So to God, powerlessness and losing strength and sitting in front of TV for like 10 hours, finishing one whole series, while eating popcorn, drinking ice cream and all of that, that is not pleasure to God. Anything that is pleasure, according to the Lord, is also a seat of power. So any man that will walk in the pleasures of God must be a man that is comfortable with walking in the power of God. That means the power of God and activation of the power of God is what brings you or releases the pleasure of the Lord around you. And when the Lord is pleased with a man, he causes his enemies to be at peace with him. So it is not that God looks at you and like, oh, I'm so pleased with you. Okay, guys, stay back. You know, don't touch him. Don't talk to him. Don't even hurt him. That's not how it works. He says, sit at my right hand and I will make your enemies. I'll put them at your feet. I will make them your footstool. So Jesus had to go through a process of obedience that enabled his ascension to the point where he was empowered and he had the right to sit at the right hand of God. And by reason of the sitting at the right hand of God, which is in heaven, which is at the throne of God, he was then seated in the third heavens, which is far above principalities and powers. So they were made his footstool. So when God begins to say to you, if the ways of a man pleases the Lord, if the ways of a man gives God pleasure, his enemies will be under his feet. That means the man that gives God pleasure is the man that has walked in obedience, is the man that is in full alignment to the point where you are now fully seated at the right hand of God. Jesus has given it to us by reason of his death, but you have to enter into the full expression of it by reason of your own obedience and your own submission to the doctrine of God. So when he speaks about pleasure, is speaking about the power and the activation of the power of God and the activation of rulership and strength and dominion. So it says that, um, it began to say that, you know, um, the spirit of counsel and the spirit of mind. So the spirit of counsel enables a person to walk in power. And what is the sweet activation of the spirit of counsel? It is the spirit of might. Are we still together? I'm not seeing my Zoom. I just want to hear from somebody. Are you here with me? Yes, ma. Yes, yes ma. Fantastic. Fantastic. He says, so he be delivered yes, yes. by the 
determined and purpose of the foreknowledge of God, you have taken my lawless hands and have crucified him by the predetermined counsel. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that means the will of God has got a counsel. So that means there is a spirit that counsels you on how to execute the will of God. He says, according to the counsel of his will, that means um, he was able to obtain an inheritance, be predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will. Now, um, when the spirit falls on a believer, he doesn't do things out of context. It is a spirit of counsel that enables you to walk in the purposes of God. It is a spirit of counsel that enables you to not do things out of context, that enables you to be able to discern the seasons of God. It enables you to be able to discern the times of the earth. It is a spirit of counsel that enables you to know what God is doing at every point in time. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone, oh God, and I ask, Lord God, let there be an activation of the spirit of counsel inside of us. Because the spirit of counsel is what activates the spirit of might. And the spirit of might and word, the word might is the same word for iskus. So without the spirit of counsel, without, first of all, the spirit of the Lord feeding us, oh God, and giving oil to our lamp, we cannot come into the revelation of the spirit of counsel. But Lord God, let the spirit of counsel be opened up inside of us this morning because we know we already have him as a already given package that is embedded in the Holy Ghost. So Father, we ask that you open this up to us, this dimension of your spirit. I need you to pray for yourself because there are some times where you carry out some decisions and you make some moves and you miss God and you miss God and you have lost your power. You have lost your cutting edge. But you see, it is a spirit of counsel that enables you to do things within the context of the purposes of God. So ask of the Lord this morning, that Father, let your counsel rest with me. Let your counsel rest with me. I cannot do this work, oh God, without the activation of your counsel. I cannot do the things you have called me to do. I cannot be the man or the woman you have called me to be. I cannot lead my family as a husband if the spirit of counsel does not rest upon me. I cannot bring my family into the context of your will if I do not have the counsel of your spirit. My God, I cannot lead my corporation. I cannot drive activism. I cannot drive politics. I cannot drive businesses. I cannot drive enterprises, oh God, if your counsel does not rest upon me, oh God. Father, I don't want to do things out of the context of your will. I don't want to step out of the boundaries of seasons, oh God. I want to be able to know what it is that I am engaging with at every point in time. I want to be able to read the room in the spirit realm. I want to be able to tell Jesus where you are going and how you are walking. Father, let counsel rest with me concerning the destinies of my children. Let counsel rest upon my husband and I. In the name of the Lord Jesus, God, we will not miss it. We will not build them according to the counsel of this world, oh God. But Father, we will raise them according to the counsel of your spirit. Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Counsel releases might. That's why all things work together for good. Because according to they that are called by God, it is the calling of God, the counsel of God, that makes good to come about. Counsel gives you progressive detail concerning the word of the Lord. 
cancel, resist strength and might and power over you. You know, I was speaking with someone yesterday about their child. And I said to the person, I said, the school has given you the report um, about your child. I said, but think about it. What if we did not educate our children according to culture, according to trends, according to what the world says that they need? What if we educated our children according to prophecy? What if we determined where our children should go, what they should do, what they should study, the kind of schools they should attend, or if they should even go to regular schools, or if they should be homeschooled? What if we educated our children according to prophecy, not according to culture, not according to trend? I said, think about how powerful they would be. And I began to say to her, I said, what business does Samuel have in Harvard? What business? From the day that Samuel was born, from the day he was formed in the womb of Hannah, he was predestined to be the priest of God. He was predestined to be one who walks the temple. It is by the spirit of cancer that Hannah will know that this child, I don't need to go and pay $5,000 for him in primary school. I don't need to go and put him in French school. Samuel has got no business there. What I need to do is to take Samuel into the, into the temple. That is where Samuel's education is. What business does Samson have been in a school of etiquette? Samson does not need etiquette because according to the anointing over his life and the prophecy over his life, Samson is meant to walk in power. Samson is meant to walk in the spirit of might and the spirit of might cannot be caged, it cannot be bottled. No, the world does not have the protocol for might. What business does Samson have in that kind of school? So many of us have killed the grace of God over our children because they have been labeled in the, the current educational system. They have been labeled by the world and we have taken the power of God out of them. What business does John the Baptist have sitting um, in a regular Bible school when he's called to be a voice crying out of the wilderness? What if we educated our children by the spirit of prophecy, by the spirit of counsel, as opposed to educating them by what people say, hey, you know, all the kids now are learning this, all the kids now are learning that. What if we educated our children differently and you hear a word from the Lord and the Lord says to you, this is how we should be raised. When, 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 when Samson was conceived, the husband was, um, um, the husband Manoah was wise enough to say to his wife, the angel has given us a prophecy concerning the boy, but let us call the angel back and ask him, how shall he be raised? What should we do to raise this child? This, what I'm saying is very critical and I will expand on it in the seven days when we are praying for our children. Because I believe that there are some kids whose prophetic destinies have been killed. Their prophetic mission on the, on the earth has been aborted. Because the parents that they have did not have the counsel of God. Because the Bible says, according to the pre predetermined counsel of God, according to the counsel of his will, that means the purpose of God concerning any child and any individual, it already existed before the child was born. It is not determined by the trend of the day. It is determined by the counsel of God. That is, if it was effectively raised children to not just be great men in the physical, but to be great women in the spirit, we must raise them according to the counsel of God. 
according to the council. There are some children that are being tamed and being given drugs right now, and they have fallen into depression at a young age because some educational system said to you, he doesn't fit in. But what if he really doesn't fit in? What if he really doesn't fit in? What school can you put Elijah in? What school can you put people who are anointed by fire in? What school can you put somebody who is meant to bring a revolution in the thinking pattern of the day? You need to go back and ask the Lord for the prophecy over your children. Ask the Lord, how shall this one be raised? What is your counsel? For some of us, it is not our children. For some of us, it is our own lives. You are trapped in a trend. You are trapped in a routine. You are trapped in a, in a race that the Lord has not set for you. Some people are even in ministries that God did not call them to. Some people are anointed as, as apostles, but you can't just see how you can walk away from a pastoral system you have built. You can't see how you can walk away from a, a, a way that you are used to. And the Spirit of God is saying, what if when you get to heaven, you are not told well done because you did not walk according to the predetermined counsel of his will. The spirit of counsel does not just torment you with the knowledge of what God wants you to do. It has a twin spirit and it is called the spirit of might. The spirit of might gives you the power, gives you the ability, gives you the capacity to be able to do the things that God needs you to do, to be able to execute them. So you cannot effectively say, this is what my child should do, or this is the school my child should be in, if the spirit of power is not at work in you. The spirit of power is what gives you the boldness and the courage to say, this is what I would have my child get into, and this is what my child should not get into. The spirit of power. The Lord God would have us walk in his spirit, would have us walk in his grace, would have us walk in the determined counsel of his spirit. I pray that the Holy Ghost would empower you this day to be able to walk in all that God has got for you. I pray that the Holy Ghost would empower you this day to be able to activate every single thing that God has allocated for you. I pray that the counsel of God will come upon you mightily. And as the counsel of God comes upon you, I pray that boldness and courage will come upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And even as the Bible began to say in Ephesians 1, and he, um, 1 19, and he began to say, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power, the exceeding greatness of his dunamis to, towards they who believe, towards they who have pistis, towards they who have faith, according to the working, according to the energy of his might, of his iskus, according to the working of his might, according to the working of his iskus towards you. And you see, as you begin to get into the word, um, as you begin to get into the word for might, it is the same word that is used when it says, and the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might. Now, um, the word might, it means different things according to that verse of scripture, and which is the word iskus. And the word iskus represents power, might, ability, and it represents, is, is, is the word that is used for force and strength. He says, according to his force towards you, according to his iskus towards you. Now, what does this force do for us? It gives us the ability 
um, to be able to work. And every time that this word was used, it was used to represent um, the power to change different things in your life, the force to change culture, the ability, the strength to do the will of God, the capacity to be able to create a revolution in your time, the iskus of God. It is that eruptive power. This is how uh, people are able to step out and to say, you know what, we want a change in our nation. This is the kind of boldness that comes upon men that makes it possible for them to stand in front of tyrants and to say, no, this is not the will of God. It was the spirit of might that came upon David that made it possible for David to face Goliath. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that as we pray and as we we learn, and as we are speaking about the seven spirits of God, and we are speaking about the spirit of counsel and the might, might which is the resultant effect of the counsel of God. I pray that this spirit of might will come upon you, that you will have the boldness, number one, to be able to build like Noah built. It was the spirit of the Lord that came upon Noah that made him possible to have dominion. But it was by the counsel of God that Noah was able to get accurate blueprints on what he should build. But it was by the spirit of might that Noah was able to go on for 120 years, nailing, gathering wood, building. A normal man should have gotten exhausted, but he did not. When the spirit of might is at work in you, you have the capacity to endure things that others cannot endure. You have the ability to birth things that should be abnormal to other people. I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that there will be a working of this spirit inside of you. That the things that had caged you before, that you will begin to break loose out of them. The same way that Samson was able to tear the bands of the Philistines, the way that they will tie him up and they will think they have him. But when he wakes up, he shakes himself and he's able to rip apart every single thing that they hold him by. And he's able to pull down their gates. I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that the spirit of might will come upon you. That in that industry, when they say it is impossible for a person to rise, it is impossible for a person to break the trend. It is impossible for a person to set a different standard. I pray that according to the predetermined counsel of God, that you will not judge by the sight of the eyes or the hearing of the ears, but the force of righteousness, the iskus of righteousness will come upon you and by the might of God, you will change the trend in that industry. The spirit of counsel is going to come upon you, O son of God. And like David, you'll be able to take down Goliath, but you will not take down Goliath only, but as the spirit of counsel rests inside of you, I pray that by the counsel of God, you'll be able to raise other giant killers. The Bible speaks concerning David, that David was not just a mighty man, but David was able to raise mighty men. Out of people who were destitute, out of people who were in the backside of society, even those who came from the camp of Saul, he, he was able to gather together great generals and also gather together people who were poor and people who were uneducated and together he raised the mighty army out of every man. I pray that the spirit of God inside of you will not only cause you to have might that enables you to be glorified as an individual only, but I pray that this spirit of might would also give you the capacity to transform the lives of men. It is a spirit of mind that makes it possible for you to take a drug addict and you are able to walk with them and to break the shackles of addiction for them and transform their lives and cause them to also become transformers of their generation. The spirit of might. 
I pray that that same spirit that was upon David, that same spirit that was upon Deborah, that by the counsel of God, as she awakened in that day, she was able to gather together the army of the Lord, the generals of God. I pray that that same spirit of might will rest upon you. I need you to pray for yourself because the vision that God has given to you, the engagement that God has called you to, you need a force, you need a power, you need a might, and it is called iskus. It is another dimension of the power of God where you have energy, where you have capacity, where one man can put together a rally for a million people, where your mind is like a supercomputer and you are able to manage all kinds of information at the same time. Your body does not break down. Your mind does not break down. The spirit of mind. Pray for yourself. Ask the Lord to give you the craftsmanship of a holy Abba Bezalel. So that when you go into your business, you are able to craft new solutions. At no point in time would you be stuck. At no point in time would you not have the ability to create ideas, to raise solutions. Ask the Lord that the spirit of might will come upon you. That you will not only know how to build ministry, but you will have the ability to execute the building plans. The spirit of might. When it comes upon a man, you see people who are rich differently. You see people who are empowered differently. You don't cower at the feet of wealthy men, but rather you have the capacity to look them in the face and to say what the counsel of God is, what the counsel of God is in industrialization, what the counsel of God is in economics, what the counsel of God is in agriculture. The spirit of might is what makes it possible for you to go to a king and ask him to partner with you. The spirit of might is what came upon the Himaya, and the Himaya in 52 days was able to build a wall that should be built in years the spirit of might is what you need in our generation because the kingdom of darkness is activating demonic might the bible says concerning the men in those days the men whose uh, whose dna was mixed with the dna of falling demons it says they were known as men of renown they were known as the great men they were known as the mighty men according to history they said they were the ones who were able to build structures they said come let us bake bricks let us burn bricks and let us create structure for ourselves what did they do they burnt bricks they came up with all kinds of technology listen these men did not operate by a usual power but it was a demonic power and Satan is seeking to rebuild such towers of Babylon and seeking to reveal such powers again. Ask of the Lord that in this season that the might of God will come over you. Whatever project you lay your hands to do, you will do it by the spirit of might. You will do it by the spirit of might. I pray for that individual who has been beaten down by the project at hand. I pray for that person who has been beaten down by the vision that you have. I ask that the spirit of might, that the energemo of God will enter inside of you. That even in this season, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that there will be an activation of iskus inside of you. That once again, you will shake up yourself. That once again, you will shake up yourself and you will be able to execute every vision God has given to you. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. That those who eat at your table, those who eat the crumbs of your table will not be greater than you. But I pray that you will not just be a child that is a hare, but you will grow up into becoming a son. You will grow up into adoption that you may be able to legislate on behalf of the father. Let the counsel of God rest upon you so that the iskus of God can be activated through you. 
Let the counsel of God rest upon you so that kings and presidents and royals will call for you. Why? Because you carry the predetermined counsel of God. You can give them mighty plans by which they can liberate their nations. I pray for you in the name of the Lord Jesus, that as these words we speak, they are spirit and they are life. Let the spirit of these words come into your house and let them be activated in you as new life. In the name of Jesus, your business shall be governed differently. Your children shall be governed differently. To the one that has become weak, and you are like, P.I., I no longer have the strength I used to have. Let the iskus, let the force of God that comes by reason of the counsel of the words we have spoken this morning, let that force of God, let it reside inside of you now. Stare you up into the birthing of a new day. In the name of our Lord Jesus. I pray that the revelation stream of God will not stop flowing after this call. But I ask, oh Father, that let the stream flow as they go through the day. Because I sense that there are some people whose might has been taken by reason of evil demonic counsel that was consistently said to you. It was an abuse of your mind, an abuse of your spirit. And because of that, you have lost your iskus. You no longer have the force you used to have, the power, the strength. Why? Because repeatedly, that was what Sambalat and Tobias were trained to do. Take away the strength of Nehemiah and the children of Israel by repeatedly saying words to them to break them down. But because they did not receive that counsel, they maintained their might that enabled them to build that wall. I pray for you. If your might was taken away from you, I pray for everyone who has been abused. I pray this day that a new counsel of the spirit will hit you. That as you go through your day, God will begin to give you flashbacks of visions that he gave you when you were 13, visions he gave you when you were 10, visions he gave you when you were 18, 21. In the days before you were broken, people look at you and they think you have it all together, but they do not know that you are consistently afraid and intimidated. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus because when demonic cancer comes, it opens the spirit, it opens the door of your heart into another kind of spirit that breaks you down and steals your energy. So I ask that in the name of Jesus, let the right counsel of God find room in you. Let the counsel of God find room in your heart so that you will be able to enter into the iskus of God. Let me tell you what you are doing is not all you are supposed to do. There is more. There is more. This place has become too small for you. It is the wrong cancer that has made it impossible for you to break out. But this morning I received the spirit. I release the spirit of cancer over you. You will break out. You will do the mighty works of God. And God will give you the courage to be able to face whatever abusive situation you are in, in the name of Jesus. I call an end to that day. And I call the burden of a new day over you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise amen. God. God bless you. God bless you. I am grateful amen. I was able to make it this morning. I just pray that the Lord God Almighty will strengthen you as you go through your day. Please don't forget amen. these words. Bind them to your hearts. 
Every time you go through the day and Satan tells you you are weak, you are depressed, tell them, no, I have the excuse of God. When you face a project that seems overwhelming, remember the people who did mighty works in scriptures and remember what I'm telling you. You do it by power. People like us that have to go into nations, we have to establish things. When you work as an apostle, you need iskus. You cannot break ground without iskus. You cannot break it without a force. But you first have counsel and revelation. So I pray that God will bridge the gap between revelation and might for you. So that you don't be a person that is filled with revelation, but you'll be able to translate the knowledge you have into power in the name of our Lord Jesus. Translate it in the lives of your children. Translate it in your marriage, in everything. This is when it actually becomes the good news because it is able to go into your regular life and change the circumstances of your world. God bless you. I love you. Um, I pray for you. Pray for me. Pray for prayer rain. Pray for my ministry, people of influence. Pray for the work that I do. Um, thank you. Thank you for all those who gave um, to us yesterday. And um, some people, somebody actually gave us a printer. I hear, I haven't seen it. Um, they, some people want to give towards our office. You know, God bless you. Thank you so much. Um, some people even gave to me personally. God bless you. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you. We appreciate you and the work that God is doing um, with us all. God bless you. I will see you tomorrow. And tomorrow we will go again into power. Praise God. Have a good God bless you. Mm-hmm.